I thought our guys, they fought their tails off, you know, to be down 23 points. Obviously, we don't ever want to put ourselves in that hole uh, and have to fight back. But the way they fought and scratched and clawed to come back to tie that game up and have a chance to win in regulation, um, it just showed signs of, you know, the toughness and the resilience of our football team. But again, you know, it's not the result we want, and uh, we got to finish games. And uh, it always starts with myself. I got to look myself in the mirror. Got to be better. Obviously, we got to be better in the first half so we don't put ourselves in those situations. You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. I'm Matt Adams taking a look at the game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Rams at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts falling just a little bit short there, but as you heard in that short snippet of Coach Shane Steichen, you know, heartened by the fact that the team came back after going down. But as uh, Steichen, you'll hear from him a little bit later, he'll also say, you know, we can't get back in that big of a hole. So some observations from the game here. I think that defensively, this was probably the roughest performance we've seen from this group. And we did know that DeForest Buckner was limited a little bit with a groin injury. They only brought him in 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 different situations. Uh, Situationally, they brought him in and he wasn't out there being his dominant self for uh, most of the game. And I, I think that showed because the Rams were able to run the ball very effectively. And this is a Rams team that hasn't been able to do that very much. Uh, They've got 164 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, Those are are both pretty well above what the Colts have been giving up on average. And uh, they've been excellent against the run game and just were not able to, to... to limit that for the Rams. And if they had, then, you know, maybe it's a little bit different of a story. Because they were not able to limit the run game, then it did open up the pass a little bit. And then the, the pass rush was effective. It was there. They sacked Stafford a couple of times. They nearly knocked him out of the game, and, and he did get hit nine times. But they were unable to land that that big punishing blow, that knockout punch when they needed it in some key third down situations to to stop drives. And even when they did, we'll get to this a little bit later, even when they did on the first drive of the game for the Rams, they kept it alive with mistakes. EJ Speed with a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for hitting Stafford late. And so, you know, Stafford for the day finished with 319 yards. He was 27 of 40 and uh, with a good completion percentage as well. And it just felt like, you know, despite the fact that they they did get some stops, the defense near the end, they did get an interception late in the game. They were unable to kind of be this unit that we had been relying, or that the team had been relying on for most of the season so far. On the offensive side of the ball, not not a pretty start to this game at all. Uh, They punted on their first possession. And then when they've kind of got momentum going after getting down 14 to nothing, they immediately fumbled the football. They being Anthony Richardson in this case, the rookie with a turnover there. After a couple of weeks of no turnovers, they finally had one. Rams were able to convert that one into a field goal. So it wasn't quite as costly as it could have been. But, you know, when you're talking about being down and you're talking about getting in the end zone and, and trying to get back to a game, turnovers are going to kill you from, you know, both the points, uh, potential to give up points, and then also uh, that time is very valuable. Uh, but they did have some big plays, some explosive plays brought to you courtesy of Anthony Richardson. And we saw some things in the passing game that I don't know, we w- that I know that we wouldn't have seen necessarily with Minshew. They would have gotten the ball downfield with Minshew, but it would have been in chunks. You know, seven, eight-yard play here, seven, eight-yard play there, maybe a 15-yard strike. But with Richardson's ability to throw that ball downfield and to buy some extra time to get guys open, 
makes a huge difference. He made some very big plays with both his legs and his arm this week. And while the completion percentage was not fantastic, I mean, you're looking at that sub 50% there, uh, 200 yards, sacked a couple of times for Richardson, no interceptions, but he did have a couple of touchdown passes and he averaged about eight yards per attempt, which is well above what we've seen from the Colts this year. He hit some big ones, hit a big one to Alec Pierce, hit a, hit a nice one early in the game to Josh Downs hit Ogletree for a couple of big plays as well. So we know that potential is there, and we actually got to see that realized a little bit as the Colts tried to make that furious comeback in the second half. I really felt that they struggled on the offensive line. You know, not having Ryan Kelly and Bernard Ryman out there was very noticeable. They tried to have Blake Freeland there on the left side going up against Aaron Donald. I mean, that is just not a thing you're going to win. Now, he didn't go up against Aaron Donald every time, but he did go up against him sometimes, and that's just not anything that's going to be good for the Colts. Then you had Wesley French at center filling in for Ryan Kelly, making his second career start. So the the vaunted French fry offensive line there for those of you who uh, in- enjoy that. Anthony Richardson again, 11-25, 200 yards, two touchdowns. He also added 10 rushes for 56 yards and a touchdown. Uh, learned some lessons, I think, about protecting himself because we did see him slide at least once during the game and, and not trying to take those big, uh, trying to avoid taking those big hits, and I think he did a pretty good job of avoiding that, even though he was hurried a lot, under pressure a lot. Big, strong guy. Tell you what, though, uh, he did have a couple of those desperate heaves where he was in the grasp where he was trying to get out of out of the grasp and he just tried to throw it away and a couple of those you know lucky that they weren't fumbles or that they didn't get picked off or something along those lines got to clean that up a little bit there a couple other standouts for the Colts Drew Ogletree three receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown he had one drive where he basically just went off on the defense and, and had a, had some nice catches there Zach Moss steadying presence again 18 carries for 70 yards, 3.9 yards a carry. Not quite as effective as he's been the last couple of weeks, but not a bad game. And, you know, when they needed him, most of the time uh, he was able to deliver. Mo Alley-Cox, one big catch, 35 yards and a touchdown off of a Richardson pass. He was getting some pressure, kind of rolled out, managed to hit Mo Alley-Cox, and then he did the rest there, uh, bowling over some guys into the end zone. On the defensive side, Zaire Franklin, uh, no surprise there, led the team in tackles with 12, had a half a sack. Deo Odengbo. Tell you what, this guy I thought had a pretty nice game. Seven tackles, one and a half sacks, four QB hits. Felt like he was always putting some pressure on there or always in the mix of it there. I just thought he had a really nice, solid game. You know, we've been looking for that guy to be the complimentary piece to, to Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner and Quiddy Pay. And I, I think that Odengbo kind of fulfilled that role this week. Now, unfortunately, the Colts fell short here again. The 29 to 23 is that final score. Puka Nakua with the game-winning reception there. This also does mean that the Colts haven't won at home since October the 16th, 2022. They beat Jacksonville in that game on a 32-yard score from Matt Ryan to Alec Pierce. One of those guys still on the team, one of them in the broadcast booth. So uh, they mounted a big comeback. They gave it their best shot. But it wasn't quite enough to emerge victorious and go to three and one on the season. Let's hear from head coach Shane Steichen. All right, um, I'll just start off uh, injuries. Uh, Dallas Flowers, uh, he's got an ankle right now, um, and then that's it uh, on the injury report. Um, as far as the game, you know what? I thought our guys they fought their tails off. You know, to be down twenty three points. Obviously, we don't ever want to put ourselves in that hole uh, and have to fight back. But the way they fought. 
and scratch and clawed to come back to tie that game up and have a chance to win in regulation. Um, it just showed signs of you know the toughness and the resilience of our football team. But again, you know it's not the result we want, and uh, we got to finish games. And uh, it always starts with myself. I got to look myself in the mirror. Got to be better. Obviously, we got to be better in the first half so we don't put ourselves in those situations. Can you take us through the last play of this yeah, I got to go back and look at the tape. Obviously, there's a coverage deal right there that we got to get cleaned up. Um, and obviously, he was open for the touchdown. When, when a guy has hurt you numerous times throughout the day, I know you haven't seen the tape yet, but like, are there adjustments that you can make that or should have made or could have made uh, against him there? I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's always things, right? You go back and look at the tape uh, and you learn from it. And, you know, credit to Matt Stafford and the Rams. I mean, he's an elite quarterback in this league. He's super accurate. He makes all the throws. He made a ton of throws that were contested that were right in the right where he needed to be. So credit to those guys, you know, too, on the other side making plays. It looks like this is kind of who Anthony is right now, work in progress, but some lulls, and then he gets hot, and it's just electric. And then you have the bad drive at the end of the regulation. Is that sort of where he is right now? Um, I think, obviously, with any young player, you know, it's you're learning things, and you're seeing new looks and different things. But, you know, once he gets rolling, he gets rolling. And, you know, we got to start faster offensively. You know, again, that starts with myself. But i got to do a better job with him uh, to get him going earlier. And uh, we go from there, and we learn from the tape, and we get better. What was the challenge uh, with the, the offensive line absences you had? Obviously, you had Donald over there on, on your left tackle. Just what was that challenge like, and how did you think you dealt with that? Yeah, no doubt. Um, obviously, Donald's a huge, you know, impact player for them. You know, third downs. It was always, you know, kind of seeing where he was lined up during the game. You know, whether he was inside of the three technique, and then third downs, he would jump outside to the defensive end. He jumped in third downs, and you're trying to get the protection, you know, to where he is. And you know, sometimes it doesn't always work out exactly the way you want it. So obviously. Um, you know, we got to be better, obviously, you know, seeing those things. We're obviously watching them, but trying to get it into him, you know, to where he is on the field to get our back, you know, to help with chips or whatever it may be. Why do you think you guys just kind of started out slow in offense, and what do you feel like kind of got it going in the second half? You know what? We just, we need to, we just need to make a big play, you know. Obviously, we were going there pretty good, you know, on that second drive, um, and then, you know, they got the turnover, you know, we fumbled there. Um, so, you know, who knows what could have happened there. Uh, and then we just we just weren't weren't clicking, you know what I mean? And again, we got to, I got to do a better job putting our guys in position in the first half to make those plays. Um, and then obviously defense, you know, we all kind of stepped up as a team in the second half, and you know we got it turned around. But obviously we we can't start like that as a football team. What was the conversation at halftime? It was hey, we got 30 more minutes. Like let's go fight. Like shoot, well, you know what? Let's let's find out where we're about, and let, and let's go see where we're at as a football team, and uh, and go make plays. Shoot, we got the ball on offense. Obviously, we didn't do anything with it to start the third quarter, and then defense gets to stop, and you know the momentum switches. We start making some plays, uh, and the guys showed up in the second half, which you know I was excited about to see that fight from our team. But again, we we got to finish the game. Play, play thing Ben dialed in before, and just what was his what conversation with him after he had the fumble? And obviously, had a hell of a performance to get you all back in the game. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he, he came back from that, you know, turnover, obviously, and he made some huge plays, you know, in the, in the second half. Um, obviously, some scramble plays, you know, two-point conversions. The touchdown runs he had down there uh, were huge uh, to get us back in it. And obviously, you know, we just got to find a way, you know, to finish. You know, kind of like we did last, last week against Baltimore, same type of situation. We got we to finish there at the end. You had three tight ends make big plays, whether it be Mo with the 35-yard touchdown, Kylan getting that big fourth down play, and then Drew getting those back-to-back 20-plus yard gains, and then that touchdown. Just what did you see from that group today overall? Uh, shoot, they were solid. You know what I mean? They made the plays when we needed to have it. Obviously, Granson on the fourth down was big, and then Mo down the seam. 
or uh, Granson down the seam uh, was big, and then Mo on the scramble play uh, it worked out great. And then running the guy over, I just saw you know they fought, you know, and they scratched and they clawed and, and made plays for us today. Anthony's escapability, maybe if he didn't get the protection totally right, just how much of an asset is that? It's huge. I mean, you saw some of the big plays he made getting out of the pocket, you know, to get some, some yardage there uh, was huge. And then early on, you know, we had some design runs for him where he got some big runs um, as well. Um, but obviously, it's definitely an asset when a guy can do that. Was Shaq dealing with, a, was Shaq dealing with an injury at all? Because at one point, it was Sagoon and EJ Speed in yeah. there. What's the playing time? Playing We're just time? obviously rotating him in there, obviously. But just uh, that's the rotation. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Obviously, anytime a guy goes through, you know, stuff like that um, to get a touchdown, you know, is, is awesome to see. Excited for him, excited for the football team as well. Was on a pitch count? Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first point of how much that is, like, by design, also just no, AR. That's just... exactly where we thought it wouldn't go, and he made a play. <laughs> Yeah, they passed it off, and shoot, there is, he scrambled, and he threw it to Zach. So it was hell of a play by him. Is there, when you're in those moments, that, that sort of risk, the, the blunder you put defenses in when, with Anthony's ability to run or just throw it? Yeah, no, obviously, it, it helps us, right? Obviously, the defense, they got to defend a running quarterback and obviously a drop-back passer, and uh, it, it definitely helps us as an offense. Was Blake Freeland, most of what we saw from him in training camp was on the right side. Since you guys have been in, in season, has he been playing more? Yeah, late? he's doing both. He's done both, so. All right. All right. Awesome, guys. So, as I had mentioned a little earlier in the podcast, the uh, Colts faced a 23-0 deficit before they roared back in the second half. So, let's kind of take a look at how this sort of evolved from the game. Not quite a play-by-play. I'll try not to drag it out too long, but we're not going to go drive-by-drive necessarily, but I want to hit some key points there. First half problems included some key unnecessary roughness penalties. Uh, One was on EJ Speed on Stafford. He's running out of bounds. It would have set up a fourth down and a punt. Instead, it kept that drive alive. This is right at the beginning of the game, and that kind of set the tone for things. Instead of punting, the Rams go all the way down the field and they score a touchdown. They added another Unnecessary roughness penalty on Kenny Moore on the next drive that because the Colts punted on their, their first drive. They didn't get much out of that. And uh, that just kind of helped the, the Rams get the ball down the field a little bit more. They eventually scored a touchdown on that to make it 14 to nothing. And it looked like the Colts, you know, yeah, the little shell shock now. It's 14 nothing. They're down two scores. Richardson has a couple of nice runs on this next drive. You're thinking, well, maybe, you know, if they could just score a touchdown here, They'll get right back in it. You know, they'll only be down one score. You get a defensive stop. You know, maybe things will turn around for him. Well, they didn't exactly do that because Richardson got hit. He fumbled the ball. The Rams recovered it. They turned that into a field goal, 17 to nothing. Then suddenly for L.A., Colts go three and out. Rams had another field goal, about six minutes left in the half. That made it a 20 to nothing score. Colts put on a little bit of a drive. But uh, unfortunately, Matt Gay, last week's hero, uh, was not able to find blackout mode on this 47-yard attempt. He misses that one, and uh, so the Colts have no points. The Rams get the ball back. They miss a field goal uh, right before the end of the half, and so the Colts enter the locker room 20 to nothing. Second half, unfortunately, starts with another Colts punt. Uh, They give the ball back up to the Rams, who convert that into a field goal, so 23 to nothing. You're staring down a huge comeback, uh, a huge deficit if you're going to make this happen. So the Colts do. On what starts as off is really just the Zach Moss drive. He runs of 27 and 13 yards. And then you hit the big play. 
uh, finally, like we've been waiting for these big plays to kind of materialize for the Colts, and they got one. Uh, AR strikes. He rolls right, avoiding some pressure. Hits Mo Alley Cox for 35 yards. He runs over some guys to reach the end zone, and then we get a two-point conversion pass from uh, Richardson on kind of an improv play to Zach Moss, and that makes it 23 to eight. And you, you feel like the momentum of this game is turning. On the very next drive. Kenny Moore makes a great interception on a pass. Stafford threw a little bit behind the receiver. Moore was there, secured the ball, and you're thinking the Colts are in business. Unfortunately, they were unable to capitalize there on that drive. Uh, I think they went for it on fourth down on that one, and they were unable to, to convert that, and they gave the ball back to the Rams. But the Rams didn't do much either. Uh, they responded by missing yet another field goal. And when the Colts got the ball back, they scored a touchdown, and that made it 23-15. to 15. They didn't go for the two-point conversion there because they didn't necessarily need it at that point. Key plays on this one. 38-yard pass to Alec Pierce after a holding penalty that made it second and 20. On top of that, and it was a great pass, Richardson was kind of in the grasp there and just kind of muscled that throw up there. Pierce went up and got it. He took a hit, and so the Rams got uh, flagged for unnecessary roughness there. Also on the drive... Richardson hit Michael Pittman Jr. for a 15-yard pass, and it was his only reception of the game. Then it led to an Anthony Richardson one-yard run. Matt Gay added the extra point, so again, we're 23-15. to On the next possession, the Colts finally forced their first punt of the game from the Rams, and then this is a great drive. 13 plays, 83 yards with the game on the line there from Richardson. Drew Ogletree, this is the Drew Ogletree drive. 21-yard pass reception for him, a 22-yard pass reception for him, and then a 5-yard touchdown pass from Richardson to Ogletree. Very set up in the similar look to the touchdown run by Richardson, except they, uh, they ran this one as a pass. And uh, a key play on that drive did not in- involve Drew Ogletree, but it involved one of the other Colts tight ends, Kylan Granson, reeling in a big pass on fourth and four to keep that drive alive. So they, they get there. They get the touchdown pass to Ogletree, and then they're able to convert the two-point conversion. I believe it was Pittman who picked up the two-point conversion pass on that particular play, and we're all knotted up. Then regulation ends with just kind of punts. The, the Colts force another punt from the Rams. Now they were, I'm not going to say they're aided because this, obviously these benefited the Colts, but these were the correct calls. Uh, back-to-back pass plays that would have gone for first downs for the Rams and were ruled on the field as such were then overturned on review because the receivers did not catch the ball. They just, they, they straight out dropped them, never secured them. And so, you know, at one point we were looking at the replay to see if the guy got his feet down. And then we realized that 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 doesn't even matter because he never secured the ball. And uh, that happened to one of the wide receivers. And then also uh, Tyler Higby, their tight end, had one that looked like he'd caught for a first down. And instead that one was overturned. And so those uh, calls went for the Colts. But again, those were the correct calls on the field based on what I saw from the replay then the Colts were able to force a punt from the Rams. Now, unfortunately, and this to me is probably the big point of the game for the Colts, and they were just not able to capitalize on this possession. And this to me was the absolute key. They got the ball back with about a minute and 32 seconds left. They still had a couple of timeouts, and they just needed to get that ball. You felt like if they could get it in field goal range, you know, get it just past midfield a little bit, let Matt Gay try a long field goal with time remaining and, you know, maybe you're able to pull this game out and, and win it. 
but unfortunately, uh, we had an incomplete pass to Pittman, then another incompletion to Pittman on second and 10. On third and 10, Richardson tried to hit Granson kind of along the left sideline there, sort of this back shoulder pass. And, you know, it was not a perfect ball. And it was a little bit outside there, but I, I think Granson could have pull, pulled that in. And if he had, it would have set the Colts up in great field position to try to get some more yardage and get that field goal and convert that. But instead, they had to punt the ball with about a minute and nine left in the game. But the defense stiffened up again. The Rams were unable to move the ball very far. They, they did pick up a first down on the drive, but ultimately on third and two, we had an incomplete pass. And then the Rams punted with just about five seconds left and the Colts took a knee at the end of the game to uh, go into overtime. You know, I think that's where the most disappointing part of it is, is that they came all the way back from 23 to nothing. It, it just was not something that looked like it was going to happen. But they did. They, they clawed their way back in. They got there and the crowd was excited and, and everything. And 23-23, big hole, came back, you know, and then they lose the coin toss. You're thinking kind of based on the way the defense was playing there is th they would kind of get th keep, keep things together, you know, play tight, play tight coverage, uh, get to Stafford, put some pressure on him, and, and maybe not a three and out, but stop them from getting into the end zone. But I tell you what, uh, the, the Rams' offense just kind of came alive and looked like it did in the first half there. Eight plays, 75-yard drive, Puka Nakua getting his first career touchdown, you know, on a 22-yarder. You could tell that Juju Brents and Kenny Moore, you, you go back and you just look at the replay, um, they got crossed up on who was supposed to get Nakua coming on the inside there. And because of that miscommunication, then this guy got wide open. It's unfortunate for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that Nakua had already hit the Colts really hard in this game. At that point, it already had eight receptions for more than 140 yards there. And so it was no secret that this was a guy that was going to get the ball or who they wanted to get the ball to. And uh, unfortunately, his ninth reception was the one that ended it for the Colts there. Nine catches for 163 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted 10 times. So he caught nine of the 10 balls that were put his way. And you can tell that even in the absence of Cooper Cup, that when Cooper Cup comes back for the Rams, that Naku is still going to be Matthew Stafford's, one of his favorite targets. Because why not? This guy catches everything. He's physical. He gets yards after the catch, and he just finds ways to get open. It really is unfortunate that on the most important play of the game, and there were many, many important plays, but this was the final play, ended up being the final play of the game, in a situation where you can absolutely not have any type of communication breakdown, the secondary was unclear who should take that receiver when they kind of crossed. And so he got up over the middle, wide open, and then got into the end zone. And that was all she wrote there. I, <laughs> it was just too bad. The Colts dug themselves too much of a hole in the first half in order to dig out of it. It was just too much. And I, I say that, and it's also not true. Because if they could have just gotten a position here, possession there, Matt Gay hits a field goal near the end of the first half, we're looking at things completely differently. But then again, what if the Rams hit the two field goals that they missed? You know, you can play this what-if game all day. But to me, it's really that, that last drive that the Colts had. Their inability to, while they'd made the big splash plays and they'd done a good job getting Richardson out of the pocket and, and using his legs here and there, when they really needed that big play toward the end of the game, they were not able to do it. And so they had to punt, and then, you know, the Rams got the ball back. 
that led to overtime. You lose the coin toss, you know you got to keep that other team out of the end zone, and they were unable to do that. I can't be too gloomy about this, to be perfectly honest. Like, we know this team has a lot of... There are many imperfections of this Indianapolis Colts team. You know, it's it's not necessarily the fact that they can't get pressure on the quarterback. They can. It's just in the money moment, can they get the pressure on, and they were not able to, to, to close the deal this week. Uh, we know the secondary is still a work in progress. We see that in a play that loses the game for them, where we have a mix-up, and, you know, the corners are not sure who's supposed to cover you know, which guy they're supposed to cover. Uh, worried a little bit about the offensive line. They'd played very well going into this game, but then you're missing your starting center, and you're also missing your left tackle. And we haven't had to talk about Bernard Ryman much this year, and that's a good thing because he's been invisible, and that means he's been keeping the pressure off the quarterback, and he's been playing well and doing some effective things in the run game as well. You know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, you kind of see when you look at this team and you look at this game. You know, the running game was okay for the Colts this week. It wasn't great. You know, last couple of weeks had been very, very effective. And yeah, Zach Moss had a drive where he was very effective and the Colts got down. So they were going to pass more than run. And so Moss wasn't as big a part of the game in the first half as maybe he would have been under other circumstances. But hey, Richardson engineered a lot of plays, got them in position to try to snatch a victory out of the jaws of defeat here. They were not able to do it. But what does he think of his performance Let's hear from quarterback Anthony Richardson. Uh, what was that emotional uh, ride like, I guess, coming back from 23 nothing, and then obviously the way it ended? Uh, it was different. You know, uh, we were definitely frustrated in the first half. You know, uh, the offense, we started off very slow. You know, we weren't executing, executing the right way, you know, doing the right things that we thought we were going to do. Uh, they showed us a little bit of different things, so uh, it took us a while to adjust. But... You know, we just started out slow, and second half, we just came out and just tried to play and, and focus on the next play instead of worrying about trying to dig, us, dig ourselves out of the hole. That, that throw to Alec Pierce on the right sideline, can you kind of walk through how did that come come together from your point of view? Um, we we seen the adjustments they were making on their defense, you know, seeing that they were trying to play man a little bit. And we know we like Alec as a deep threat, so uh, Coach Shane, he, he dialed it up, and I tried to sit in the pocket and throw it, but uh, 99 got, got hands on me really good. So uh, Alec made a great play, and I'm glad he did because it led us to a uh, touchdown drive. I know you've been trying to get stuff going with Alec, so just what kind of momentum can you build off of a play like that? You know, it's all good. Even when we miss, you know, I still trust him to make the catches. Uh, he trusts me to make the throws, and it's just a matter of us just getting repetition daily and just putting the work in after practice. What, did it, what does it show about Coach Steichen that he, he was able to kind of get things going and, you know, give you some opportunities to make plays even as things maybe weren't going as well as you wanted? It shows that he trusts trust us, you know, um, trust the whole offense. You know, uh, he just dialed it up. You know, we, we made adjustments to their defense, you know, put the right players in the game to make the right plays, you know, and we just fought through it. Uh, trusted our defense to get us a stop and just trusted ourselves to, you know, make a play, you know, each and every play. One of those guys who was making plays is Drew. Just what, what did you see out of him today? Nothing, nothing new for me. You know, everybody's on this team. You know, they're dogs. You know, uh, whenever everybody get their opportunity, you know, they they like to show out. So uh, I just try to give them the ball and you know let them make a play. You know, people talk about you as a runner, but but you also like to use your legs to, you know, to, to extend plays and just and keep the ball alive to throw it. Um, how big a part of that is your game right now, particularly in a situation like this with the offensive line? You know, has some. Uh, yeah, I think it's a huge part of my game. You know. Um, 
I guess there's a whole bunch of studies out there that shows that if a quarterback is able to extend the play, you know, uh, most of the time it's going to work out. So, you know, I just try to, you know, make it work. If, if it doesn't work the right way that we hope it work and design it to work, you know, I just try to, you know, improvise and, and make things work in a certain way. And, you know, my teammates, they knew where to go whenever I didn't leave the park, and then I just gave them the ball so they can make plays. When you're that dialed in the second half, do you feel it at all? Do you, like, know, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of cooking right now, or do you just kind of let it flow? I just let it flow. You know, I try not to get too high on myself, you know, because everything could be going good in one minute. You know, it just flip, flips on you. So I just try to focus on each and every play. Whenever we were, uh, whenever we were in the huddle, you know, I was telling the guys, let's just move the ball and just focus on each and every play and try not to rush into it, you know. So uh, I, I did feel like I was clicking a little bit, but I was just trying to trust it every play. You mentioned Aaron Donald. What was the challenge like figuring out where he was going to be every snap and then obviously dealing with him during the play? Man. <laughs> Uh, he's a great player. You know, uh, you always watch him. Uh, last year, I was watching him a lot and just like, dang, I'm going to have to go against that dude one day. And, you know, today was the day. And, you know, he definitely made some great plays. You know, he, he's, he's a great guy, great ball player. You know, uh, it just took me a while to kind of adjust and, and understand how physical he was. You know, um, so we just dialed it up and tried to make it work. Anthony, you talk about the frustrations of the slow start. And then you guys just get white hot. Then you've got the drive at the end of the game where you got a chance to win it. Is that the, the frustrations, the growing pains of Chris trying to do it every play, which is tough to do? Uh, can you repeat that for me? Well, you, you had a chance at the end of the game mm-hmm. with, that, with the three and out, and you guys were coming off some, some pretty good drives. Yeah. Is that the frustrating part of, boy, you're hot, and then all of a sudden it's just not there? No, not really. You know, uh, this league, you know, uh, the, the margin of error is so, so small, so tight. You know, and those guys, that's a great team over there. You know, they get paid. Uh, they get drafted to, to go out there and ball, and they were doing that. Uh, we just kind of, you know, didn't click on certain plays whenever we were in that last two-minute drive, and partially it was on me, you know, just getting too excited, trying to, you know, win the game. But, you know, you learn from it, and hopefully we can get the next one. What drew more bring to this offense? No, everything. I'm pretty sure you saw it out there. You know, uh, great blocker, great catch, um, great hands. You know, he just does it all for us. You know, he brings the energy, and you know, I'm glad he's out there when, I, when I'm out there. What do you feel like kind of just opened things up in the second half? You guys are down so much, and then you got really rolling. So, like, from your perspective, what what made it happen? Uh, Ourselves. You know, we stopped shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, we limit the penalties uh, and just started working the offense, you know, the right way, the way that we thought we should have, you know, been doing it in the first half. You know, we're just focusing on each and every play. Because in the first half, we didn't do that. So, we just – try to limit all the penalties and stuff that we were doing to ourselves and just try to play against the other team instead of playing against them and ourselves. Finish the game for the first time. Uh, it feels good. You know, a lot of people, uh, they, they want me to slide and, and get down so, so I can stay on the field. But, you know, I just try to play the game. Uh, if it does get physical, it gets physical. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, but uh, it was good to finish the game with my teammates. And even though we didn't get the outcome we wanted, you know, uh, I'm glad they believed in me. And you know, hopefully we can get the, the next one. Does that stuff feel natural yet? The sliding, stepping out of bounds, or is it something you're just kind of working through? No, it's natural. Uh, I've been stepping out of bounds and, and getting down when, when I want to uh, throughout my whole career, you know. But now it's a little different, you know. When I do have the opportunity to slide, I will slide. And if I do have the opportunity to get out of bounds, I will get out of bounds, you know. So just all part of the game, and I'm still trying to adjust a little bit. All right. Thank you. So at the end of the day, it is a 29 to 23 loss for the Colts. Drops their record from two and one to two and two on the season. 
And after a brief, glorious week of the Colts being atop the AFC South, everybody in the division is tied at 2-2 two and two with no real standout emerging. So the Jaguars have climbed their uh, way back to 2-2, two and two, and the Tennessee Titans have called their way to 2-2. Two and two, And surprisingly, I think the Houston Texans at 2-2 two and two, and getting some really standout play from C.J. Stroud. It'd be really interesting to see what happens when those two teams take, o- take on each other at the end of the season here. But everybody's tied at 2-2 two and two now. The Colts will face the Tennessee Titans next week. They will host them. The Titans beat the depleted Bengals in Week 4, and really the depletion is on Joe Burrow. Just uh, That calf is just a- an unbelievable hindrance to a very good quarterback and the Titans took full advantage of that. Looking forward, we'll look toward the health of the offensive line. Uh, Both Kelly and Ryman in concussion protocol, and Kelly not being able to clear it late in the week before this game against the Rams. Also be keeping an eye on DeForest Buckner. Uh, Not a huge deal if he's not able to practice much this week, but what is a huge deal is if he's on some type of pitch count or where he's only being used situationally. Because if you can have Buckner in there two, three downs, it makes a huge difference. And I think that's probably why the run game for the Rams was a little more effective than we've seen this year from some of the other teams. And yeah, Lamar Jackson ran a little bit for Baltimore, but that's Lamar Jackson. Every other team's running backs have had trouble, and they did not, Kyron Williams did not have much trouble running the ball against the Colts this week. And a lot of that is due to, my opinion, DeForest Buckner's reduced role, which is necessitated by injury. We'll also be keeping an eye on Jonathan Taylor. The team is expected to take him off the physically unable to perform list. Maybe, maybe not. We should know a little bit later in the week what the status of that might look like, but boy, you could use some more explosive plays from the run game, and Jonathan Taylor can do that for you if uh, if he's able and if he's healthy and if he's willing to do it. Or if the Colts end up having to trade him, we'll just have to find out. It's been this, you know, this season-long thing that we've been talking about since, since the summer, unfortunately. But we'll be able to break all that down, have some more injury notes and roster notes for you, along with a full preview of the Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee Titans. Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths will join me on the next episode of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Until then, I'm Matt Adams. Matt Adams.